Church, I've got a word this morning, um, and I'm going to be continuing on uh, with what Rodney has been preaching, uh, as unto the Lord, is what we're going to be jumping into. Um, And last week, Rodney said that he was not here to condemn, but to challenge. And I want to reiterate that I am not here to condemn, and if you feel condemned, give it a little bit. If you feel a little bit of pressure because I'm calling something out, give it a little bit, all right? Um, Because I'm going to call some stuff out. Um, So the title for this sermon is Your Time as Unto the Lord. Where your time goes is where your God is. Um, And that's that's a little bit hard. And I've I've got a a video um, that we're going to play in a few minutes that's just going to give an example for us so our hearts can really uh, see something, and then I'll call some more stuff out. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 3, says, You shall have no other gods before me. When our time is unto the Lord, when we steward our time right, um, we, it's, we don't have gods before God. But when our time gets out of whack, like kind of in a position where it's not supposed to be, it's a really easy barometer for us to be able to look at our life and say, is there a God before God? Little g before big G. Um, and so I'm going to play this video. Um, and, and this is a pastor named David Platt. He was a pastor in Birmingham. Um, and this is a, a little clip from one of his sermons. And he said it better than I ever could. And so I'd rather him say this than me. And then I'm going to expound on it a little bit more. So here's that video. Imagine for a moment that you live in another country, one completely foreign to this one. And you have an opportunity one fall to spend a week in Birmingham. So you come on a Sunday morning and you observe many people, maybe even most, slowly rising to make their way to a building they call a church. They groggily approach that building for some sort of ceremony. Clearly, whatever happens at the beginning of that ceremony is not that important because most of the people don't come until after it has started. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just saying. And so you watch them file in and begin to mouth the words to songs, many of them almost expressionless, virtually emotionless, after which they sit down and passively listen to someone talk to them for a period of time. You notice people starting to get a bit fidgety, uneasy, as the time for the ceremony to end approaches. When it's finally over, they quickly walk out. But as you walk with them, you listen to them, and you hear many of them talking with one another about something that had happened the previous day. They smile and they laugh as they recount another ceremony they'd been to, apparently a bit more interesting than this one. A ceremony that happens apparently on Saturdays. In fact, the rest of the week, that's almost all you hear people talking about, the coming Saturday ceremony. Even the people who were at the Sunday ceremony are strangely silent about what they heard and sang about there but very enthusiastic about the Saturday that can't seem to get here soon enough. So as your curiosity is piqued, you begin to eagerly anticipate the coming Saturday ceremony with them. That Saturday comes, and you see people wake up and leave their houses dressed in some sort of outfit that they love to wear for these types of days. 
Many of them drive out of the city, some an hour west, others a couple of hours south, where they gather together on what they call hallowed grounds for the Saturday ceremony. They get there early for this ceremony, way early, where they eat and drink and laugh and play, not just with their family or with their friends, but with complete strangers. You've never seen community like this. And when the time comes, they all, tens of thousands of them, enter a shrine together. You can't think of another word for it. Where they raise their voices with passion to applaud some sort of assembly of children they don't know playing a game on a field. As that game begins, they shout and chant and sing until they virtually lose their voices with far more passion than the previous Sunday ceremony for sure. People don't look at their watches at this ceremony. They're so engulfed in what they're seeing and experiencing that they actually get excited when it goes into what they call overtime because going like long like this is a sign of a really exciting game. And the fun doesn't end after the ceremony is over anyway. When the boys that everybody has been cheering for win the game, the celebration has only begun. And the amazing thing is that it's not just the people who are at the ceremony who are celebrating. You come to find out that back in Birmingham, thousands and thousands of others who couldn't get here stayed there to watch this game on what they call a TV, though many of them are large enough to be virtual movie screens. They're actually designed that way to make the most of watching ceremonies like this. And back in Birmingham, scores of people have circled up together around their screens to be a part of the ceremony from a distance. They too, in their homes, are jumping up and down and high-fiving each other, celebrating the ceremony when it's over. And then... When it's all over, late in the evening, almost as if there's nothing to be prepared for the next day, they go to bed. So let me ask you a question. If you were that visitor from another country and you came to this city on a week during the fall, be honest, which would you identify as the religion that is most important to this people. I figured he could say that a little bit better than I could, and so I let him take care of it. Um, and so the question is, what religion is the most important to those people? Um, but I really don't want to leave it there. I'm not a football fan. Um, and so I had to make sure that I looked at my time, and I said, Lord, where... Have I put something in my time above you? And so I've got a list of stuff, and I'm just going to call it out. And so uh, I don't want you to raise your hand when I call out what you love uh, and the thing that you're passionate about. But like tonight, something's happening. I heard about, what was it called? Super Bowl. That's it. That's right. Um, so the Super Bowl, national championship, sports in general, right? Uh, what about hunting? Shopping? fishing, TV, video games, social media, uh, your work, your kids. I, I like to lift weights. That's something that I, I do, and I do it often. Um, but here's the thing. What does our time say about our God? And, and David Platt put it really well that he gave us this example of somebody coming from another area and looking at the way that we spend our time. And I want each one of us to take time today to look at our life and ask the Lord, what 
does my time say about how I feel about you? It, it's important for us to get in this place and find out what excites us and what consumes us. And the hard question is that we need to ask is how am I stewarding my time? Because all of these things can become idols in our life. All of them. Uh, everything that I listed off can become an idol in our life. Even, even stuff that God has given us can become an idol in our life if we allow it to. So the, the question is, what do we do um, with this information? Looking at our life, knowing that there are some places we might need to change some things. What causes this, right? There, there's two things that I found that cause it. One of them is our culture, right? This is the South. We, football is culture here, right? And so the culture has showed us this thing of be consumed by sports. Whatever your favorite team is, it needs to consume you. It needs to be the identity that you brand on yourself. On every shirt you wear and every hat you wear, this is your identity. It consumes you, right? And that's not good. We don't need to be consumed with it. Because um, the culture is warring for our attention and for our affection in all things, all the time. And so we have to take the time to look and say, the culture is warring for this, what is God warring for? How am I supposed to function in His kingdom um, and through that proper mindset? So we're distracted by the culture. And the other thing that happens that can turn these things into idols uh, is our own laziness. Sometimes we just get so lazy that we look and we're like, I just need a break. And so I'm going to become a vegetable and I'm going to play video games for 12 hours. Or I'm going to become a vegetable and I'm just going to go shop and I'm going to pull my card out and I'm going to swipe, swipe, because maybe one of these things that I'm getting is going to be the thing that fulfills me finally. Or maybe it's just the thing that numbs the pain in my life. I'm going through something, and so I'm going to take these things and use them to numb whatever's going on in my life. And we, we get to this point of just being complacent. And we show up to church on Sunday. And here's the thing. Church can become a little g-god in your life. All right? We have to get things in their right position. Church is good and it's beneficial. But if it's all that matters, where is Jesus? And so don't, don't hear me saying all of this and, and being like, well, I don't have anything in my life. No, no. Look deep. There's stuff in all of us. Every one of us have things that are warring for our attention and want to become a God in our life. All of us do. And so what we have to do is we have to redeem our time. Redeem our time. What does that mean? It means that everything that I listed off is good and pleasing to the Lord 
in their right place. When things get out of place, they become idols and it's bad. So 1 Corinthians 6, 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will be dominated. I will not be dominated by anything. Some translations say here, I will not be mastered by anything. Some say, well, I will not be a slave to anything. I will be, not be brought under the power of anything. Listen, when things get out of place, they've dominated us. We've been enslaved by them. They cloud our vision in everything that we do. They, they, it's the filter we see life through. And so we have to make sure that we are not mastered by any of these things, that we're not controlled by any of these things. Because when that happens, they become a god. If every time I'm driving down the street and I see a pond, I'm like, i got to go fishing. And I pull over and I stop and I go fishing. Has that thing become a god in my life? I had to go to work. This thing's elevated itself to a point that it's controlling my life. And God's not controlling my life. So in everything that we do, in every place that our time is used, we have to make sure that we are not mastered by these things. But in all of those places, we use them to further God's kingdom. This is how we can redeem our time. Listen, if you love football, that's awesome. But if you can't share the gospel when you're talking football, it's an idol in your life. Like, I get it. You might be in the middle of a game and you don't want to stop and look at the guy next to you and be like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. He's like, dude, shut up. And that's okay. Don't, that's not the right place. But you can use the context of that thing that you love to further God's kingdom, right? And, and so this is the thing. We have to take what God's given us, the joys and the passions that He's put in us, and we have to use them to further His kingdom. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To, the outside, to those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might win some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessing. Listen, what I'm encouraging you guys to do is take every opportunity that you have and redeem them for Christ. See, what we have to do is we have to realize we have to build relationship with people before we just swing the Bible. Because it'll be a swing and a miss every time. If you decide that I'm just going to share the gospel at all moments, at all times, even when I see somebody and they're in the middle of changing a flat tire, I'm just going to pull over behind them and go, hey man, let me tell you about Jesus. No, show them Jesus. Go change their tire. That's, listen, this is what we have. Everything in our life, every Everything that we walk into, everything that we love, we have to use them as platforms.
right? So we take what we love, and I might sit down next to somebody at a football game, and I might talk to them and get to know them a little bit. And through that, I can share the gospel with them. You know, I, I know this guy, um, some of you guys might know him, who does this really well. He likes bulls, all right? And he likes all that Western stuff. And you know what he does is he takes the platform that God gave him, the passion that God put in him, and he says, you know what? I'm going to use this, and I'm going to redeem this for Christ. And so he takes his passion, and he says, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to enter into a culture, and I'm not going to let that culture change me. I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to change the culture for Jesus, for the sake of the gospel. That's what Paul says. So he, he walks into this place, and he's like, here's some bulls. They're going to do that thing where they jump and people fall off of them. Sorry, I don't know this stuff. I'd have to get the professional up here to tell you about it. The, that stuff. So here's the thing. He walks into that place, and because God has given him a passion for it, he took that passion and turned it into a platform for the gospel. And so now when, he's able, when he walks into that circle, people look at him like, ooh, that's Rodney Mitchell. I know that guy. He's got that bull named Preacher's Kid. He's got that other bull that's named other stuff. Um, sorry, can you tell I'm not passionate about bulls? It's okay. It's okay because we have to become all things to all people. Which means Rodney can look at the people that are in that circle and he can influence them for the kingdom. Right? So what about you? What's the circle that you can influence people in? I know another guy. I used to work for him. And any time I'd listen to him talk, he was sharing something about Jesus. And still every once in a while, I just got to creep my way over and sit down in this guy's office and just let him speak. Because he uses the platform that God gave him to preach the gospel. Listen, each one of us have a place right? Rodney's place is there. Johnny's place is over there. And, and each one of them have used the platform that they have. Yeah. Yeah. What about ours? What platform do you have that you can sit down and you can realize, you know what? I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm not telling you that you need to run around and just swing and hit everybody. And be like, ha ha. No. Do what you do. Love the people that you're encountering and through that, through loving them like Christ, then you can lead them to Christ. Listen, I, I know it sounds like something that might be a little intimidating if you've never tried it. But we have to take each opportunity, each opportunity that we're given, and utilize them for God's kingdom. If, if you cannot use your sphere of influence for God's kingdom, you might want to check, has that thing elevated itself to a God? Has, has that moved its way in front of Jesus? Is, is your fear of those around you, in those circles, is that leading you to a place where it's like, I, I can't share about Jesus right now? it may have stepped into that place of being a God in our life. 
And listen, we're all in this place, okay? Don't, don't let anyone in here, I don't want you to think, well, he doesn't know. Listen, I might not, but he does, okay? And so take what God's given you and, and use it as a platform to further his kingdom. Each one of us has something. Each one of us. If, if, if you don't think you have a sphere of influence, a, a place where you have influence that nobody else does, raise your hand. I'll tell you about it. Just tell me two things that happened this, this week in your life, and I'll tell you where a platform was. We all have platforms in every circle, in everything that we do. But it all depends on how we use them. God, God wants us to take our time and use it as unto the Lord. Not just to numb. Not just to say, I just can't handle it today. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to give up. That's where that laziness comes in, right? So culture is warring on one side. Our, our laziness, our flesh nature is warring on another. We've, we've got to be able to discern these things. There's, there's other platforms that we have. There are common grounds that we have that we can utilize as ways to further God's kingdom, to share about who Jesus is. If you think you don't have one, I, let me give you another example. I like the coffee shop. And one of the reasons I like it is because I know I can walk in there and at some point, I'm going to find somebody that's just going to be excited about God. Sometimes I sit down, I, I sat down with Howard Barr this week, and he used just his time just to share about God. And that excited me. Because I saw it and I was like, ooh, this guy's using his time as unto the Lord. Yes, there are things in our life that we can't share the gospel because maybe we're sitting behind a computer and you can't get a computer to go to heaven. They don't have a soul. Um, but, listen, in every opportunity where we have people around us, it's an opportunity and a platform that we can use for Christ. And so my question to you is, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with the platforms that God's put before you? The ones that you're stepping into? Are you using it for His kingdom? Or are you just living life? And I'm just going through the motions of life just to get through another day. Well, God doesn't want you just to get through another day. Because when we're just getting through another day, what is that? We're just surviving. God doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive in everything. That doesn't mean that everything's always going to look great. But that means because you know who is on the throne, you are going to be able to walk through any situation and be like, yeah, this is my platform. Miss Debbie and Rodney are walking through a place right now, and they have a platform that has been thrust before them. And when they walk into the hospital, guess what they have? They have a platform. And they can take the time that's there, and they can redeem it for the Lord. They can use it to say, man, thank you so much for helping us. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Let me tell you about the miracles that he's doing on a regular basis.
right? That's the opportunity that you have. And so whether it's a good situation or a bad situation, all of them are opportunities. Every moment of time that we have is something that God can use to further the kingdom. The question is, are we willing to be obedient in that? God calls us to be all things to all people. Are you being all things to all people? Am I being all things to all people? This is the question that we have to ask and the question that I want to leave you with to say, listen, take every moment, start today, and just look at your time. When you, if, you go out, if you go out to eat, you have a platform there. There's a person that is serving you. You have a platform there in just that little relationship to either show Jesus or not. Take the opportunity. Take every opportunity and watch the difference that will happen in your life. Because when we get focused on us, what happens? Well, I'm focused on me. I don't, I'm not doing... I, uh, uh, inward focus, right? You'll never, you'll never be able to use anything as a platform if you're focused on you. When we focus on, on God, when we focus on what He says... Everything becomes a platform, and every situation becomes something that we can use for, for Jesus. Everyone, every time. So take, take time. Take every moment that you have now. Like I said, when you get out of here, if you're going out to eat, ask the Lord to show you what that platform is. When you walk into your home, ask the Lord to show you what that platform is. How can I further the kingdom in my own home? I can speak life over my wife. That's how I further the kingdom. Because then when I start speaking life over her, she then, she gets filled up and she can walk out and she can speak life into other people. So it, when we take a little bit of time, it becomes a lot of time. Because that little bit of time that we show Jesus, that we steward our, our time well, that little bit of time is always exemplified. But we have to be willing to do it. We have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to take my passion and I'm going to use it for Jesus. I'm going to take every ounce of my time and I'm going to use them for the Lord. And so I'm encouraging you, please look at your time today and ask God, what can I do? What is there that I can show people you right now. Don't ask Him for the easy stuff. Don't ask Him for the hard stuff. Just ask Him to show you. Period. He'll show you. That's, it's one of the things that He's been showing me. How, how are you stewarding your time? Is everything an opportunity for me to share the gospel? Or some of them just opportunities for me to shut my mind off? Take every moment, every moment. I know I started a little bit on the hard-hitting side, but I hope that, that you can see that these things are all good and pleasing to the Lord in the right place. And now you have the opportunity to redeem some time that maybe the, the world has taken from, from God.
but you can redeem those things and give them back to God. Don't let the enemy lie to you and, say, and, and let you think that you don't have something that you can offer. I feel like that's just something that's had. There's a few people in here that are dealing with that, that you feel like you, I don't want to use my time for the Lord because I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. I'm afraid I'm not going to be used by God accurately. That's a lie. That is from the enemy. Each one of us, as we spend time with the Lord, He's implanting stuff into you. You might not be able to memorize all of the Bible verses ever. It's, it's not easy. But He's put something in you. He's birthed something in you from the foundation that you can speak to the character of God. And so take every moment. Do not be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of what God has for you. Okay? I, I've, never heard, I've never seen Johnny back down from sharing the gospel in any situation. And that's, that's been something that's impacted me and given me confidence where I haven't had confidence before to use my time for, for God. Because he would have all of his employees locked into one place and he's like, ha ha, let me tell you about Jesus and how good he is. Here's, here's your bonus this year. Let me tell you about how, Jesus, how good Jesus is. He took an opportunity to lock some people in, bless them, and then give them the gospel. And so it encouraged me to see that, to grow up watching that, to grow up watching a lot of these people that I've listed. Um, and there's so many more of you that have, that have done this already. And I'm not saying that you're not doing it. I'm just saying let's look at our time and see what is there before us, and see if we're using it for God's kingdom or not. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to close out with a song. Um, but listen, don't, don't be afraid to let God use you. He's got it. You're not big enough to mess him up. God, we just ask, Lord, that you would um, just step into this place, step into our hearts, step into our minds, God, just give us the opportunity to see ourselves from a new perspective and know what our time says about us. God, that we can use the passion that we have for your kingdom. We could further your kingdom through it. God, give us boldness and joy as we step into these things. In your name I pray. Amen.